Shali, Andrea Stoddart and I welcome you to a new series, a three-part series on building a peaceful and restful home. Welcome to this podcast. Now what is a home? Home is where the heart is. Home is where the pride of my achievement is. What does home mean to you? Author Sally Clarkson, who is one of my favorite um, authors, says, Home is the center of life, where deep, people's deep longings can be met. In the past few months, all of us have spent a lot of time at home due to the coronavirus pandemic. How has it been for you? Has it been discouraging, demotivating, frustrating, or all of these? Or has it been life-giving, energizing, and recharging? Or maybe a combination of both good and bad, you've had your days. In most European countries, life is slowly creeping back to some kind of normalcy with tons of measures, of course. But in many parts of the world, it's still quite a way ahead until any sort of normalcy is established. And yes, there is of course the fear of a second wave. While we hope for the best and stay optimistic about life returning to normal, we need to be prepared should things change again. I do hope not, but it's better to be prepared. Now, even if for some of us kids have gone back to school, but we know summer is round the corner. And regardless of COVID-19 related restrictions to our life, the point is all of us have a place we call home. We want our home to be life-giving, don't we? We wanted a place where we can be ourselves and have a place to rest and recharge. My desire for my home is that it is a safe haven to retreat, where people are able to rest, recharge and feel loved. And this is not just for my families, uh, my family members, but also for our guests. We want our home to be a place where one can come back to, rest, relax, be oneself, feel secure, and feel free. Now, home is more than a physical space. You can have a beautiful big house, but still not feel home. Your home has to have a soul. Creating a functional and cozy physical space to give the home a warm character is important, where you would want to come back and rest and feel calm. It is important to design your home to suit your family's tastes. Now, architects and interior designers say this, and I feel it myself, that bringing light and color to your home are important factors. Make rooms bright, move furniture and angles if you need to get in more light, get flowers, light candles, also air your home regularly. Well, in the case of coronavirus, one needs to um, regularly air their rooms. Anyway, we've been told Now, one thing we as a family, more specifically as a couple, have found important is to know what we or what are our shared values. We discussed this even before we got married. I'm talking about the fundamental values that define us as a family, like for my husband and I and for our children. What are our fundamental values as a family? And then we work around those values to create our peaceful and restful home. And for every family, their values may be different. So you need to work around the values that you have as your family. 
For us, for example, our shared values are our faith, hospitality, and having a routine and structure. Now I'll come to talk a bit about family rhythms, routines, and structures. I love having a routine and structure in our family as this helps me to be on track with not only all the 101 things to do, but also remain connected with our overall family values and vision. Now routines and structures, even though I'm a fan of, are, are not just beneficial for me, but it's been proven and written about by many people that routines, especially when you have family with young children, how important routines are. Now, every now and again, especially when I move from one season of life to another, I ask myself, what daily rhythms do I need to have in order to remain true to our family values and strengthen family relationships? For example, how do I plan my mornings, afternoons, evenings, mealtimes? Then what chores need to be done each day? Now I'm talking about the basic everyday important tasks such as housework, cleaning, shopping, setting the table, cooking and so on. Then, am I doing something now that doesn't need my attention immediately? I think this is an important point because a lot of us just sort of waste doing all the unnecessary things first. Then, have I accounted for fun and playtime for the entire family so that life does not become dull and monotonous? Now, unless there are little kids involved, I'm not talking about me planning each and every family member's physical activity here. But as my role of being the mum and the centre of the family, I need to ensure that everyone is getting their fun moments, doing things they enjoy. And also for teenager kids, sometimes you just have to sort of push them out of the home, you know, out of their pajamas and just, you know, make sure that they go for a run or a bike ride or a walk and get fresh air. Okay, now basic routines. What are the basic routines? I think children love routines and that's why there is a reason why kindergartens start with routines with young kids. There is no reason for us parents to think that little kids can't keep up with routines because we see the evidence from kindergarten and school that they do thrive in routines. Routines bring structure to the day and they also make kids feel secure. Every family has its own routine. I would say be flexible with times and seasons of life. But having basic routine helps everyone in the family to know that their needs will be met. What kind of routines am I talking about here? Like mealtime routines. As far as possible, aiming for shared mealtimes is a wonderful way for everyone in the family to connect. I know that often life gets in the way, it's difficult to do, but even if you can manage one proper meal time where everyone sits together as a family it's a very important connecting factor and ensuring that meal times are media free allows us to share stories and going on, goings on in each other's lives setting and clearing up the table are always our kids job they have been trained like that from a very early age setting up the table also means making sure everyone has drink in their glasses and clearing up the table means that the dishes go directly into the dishwasher, not like you leave them on the kitchen counter thinking that, oh, mommy or daddy will do it. If you don't have a dishwasher, then older kids need to chip in with the washing up. 
they can certainly chip in with the washing up. Next kind of routines is household routines besides the clearing up table bit. Now I'll be honest, I do not like household chores, but alas, things need to get done. I try and clear up as, as and when I see the mess, uh, but setting aside a disciplined time of not doing household work is important for me. So in the morning, I try to get as much done in way of having a quiet time, exercising and working. Then once that is done, I attend to lunch, laundry, etc. I find spreading household work throughout the day makes it seem less burdensome. Also, cleaning and clearing up mess as I go through the day keeps me away from getting overwhelmed. But most importantly, in order to have a peaceful home, it is important to see that everyone chips in. There is no king of the castle here. Work out roles for everyone, age-appropriate roles, and what suits your family. Now, the next one is morning routine. Actually, it should have been the first one, but yeah. Okay, a peaceful morning is very important for both my husband and me. I'm talking about our home here. Now, that is why our kids know they need to keep their voices down, get dressed, eat as calmly as possible. Of course, there are stressful mornings, but if I make sure I begin my day keeping my priorities in mind and try to do things in a less stressful manner, then everyone else is less stressed too. Telling each other I love you and beginning the day with a hug and kiss are also things we need to do to maintain a family of love. Or even like looking into each other's eyes because often in modern busy lives we are just so busy with activities or rushing and getting dressed and all that in the morning we we might say hello good morning but we off we go you know we don't even look at each other okay then intellectual routine having a downtime every day where each child is encouraged to read do puzzles or any other activity non-screen that stimulates their brain development is important. Encouraging kids to read and leading by example are also very good things. I know how much of a struggle it is these days to encourage kids to read instead of playing on their phones. But let's not give it up. Give up this habit, I mean, of insisting that they read. Uh, some of the kids may not be, may not enjoy reading, but just maybe find some nice exciting books that they enjoy um, so slowly they get into the habit of reading. Then end of the day routine. This time is sacred to our family. By the end of the day it is often really hard to keep it all up and some days all I want to do is make sure the kids get sent to their bed so that I can have my precious downtime. But this end of the day routine I believe is so important also in terms of giving security to the kids. After clearing up the dinner table and getting changed for bed, reading, praying, listening to audio stories are the things we have in our end of the day routine. I wonder what your end of the day routine is like. Feel free to share when you have some good ideas and uh, leave a comment maybe um, on my website or um, at the end of the podcast on my Instagram or Facebook site, it would be great to just just have some ideas from people. But routines are often difficult to establish and may need to change during different seasons of life. 
you may need to adjust according to your family's needs. There have been days where I just wanted to give up on all routines just to stay alive. But having a structure and living a life within those overall structure of established routines helps me to move forward with our family goals and values. Now, having talked about routines and structures and what home is, I'd like to turn our attention to what's going on in the world today. Well, as if we can do anything these days without mentioning the impact of coronavirus in our lives. And as the podcast title says, I have a special feature on the topic of school at home, learning at home. True, we are slowly returning back to a kind of normal Yet the truth is, we are still going to spend a lot of time at home, with schools not still back to the usual normal. Plus, there is anxiety about a possible second wave, and recession-driven work from home becoming the new normal for many people. So in this context, there's still so much to learn about managing our home, school, and work more efficiently. See, when lockdown due to coronavirus first happened, most of the world was taken unawares and we were kind of thrown into the fire. But now we have more time to prepare and make adjustments in order to make living and working at home more restful, peaceful and life-giving. Let's join someone who knows what she's talking about with many, many years of homeschooling experience. And that is Andrea Stoddard. And she will also talk about routines and structures in life giving very concrete examples from her own own homeschooling life. Okay, well, let's welcome Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Great. Would you like to just briefly introduce yourself so our listeners know who you are? Sure. Um, my name is Andrea Stoddard. Um, I'm from the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Um, actually, a really small suburb right outside of Raleigh, but that's where I was born and raised. So I'm a Southern girl um, through and through. All my family's from the South. Um, we moved to Dusseldorf uh, last fall, so the end of September, and we've been here um, you know, for a little bit, just getting, you know, getting used to Germany and new culture. Um, my husband and I have been married for uh, 27 years. We're coming oh, up wow. on our 27th anniversary okay. and we have three kids. Um, Sophie is our oldest and she is 22 and just graduated from NC State University in Raleigh um, with a degree in business. Um, social entrepreneurship and a minor in um, Middle Eastern studies and Arabic. And then, um, yeah, she has a heart for social justice and that's what she wants to do. um, Helping uh, refugees and immigrants find ways to support themselves in a way that uh, utilizes their talents and their um, education um, in a way that in the US or other places can help them support their families with a living wage. So she's very passionate. And then um, our son, Owen, he's in the middle, he's 20 and he is a sophomore right now. He's finishing up his sophomore year at university in North Carolina, um, also at NC State University. And then our youngest daughter, Ava, actually came with us to Germany this year. Mm -hmm. Um, It was her last year of high school and um, she has just finished up all her courses work 
and um, will return to the States this summer to study at Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. She wants to go into medicine and is very passionate about that. And um, I am very, very grateful because she wants to do surgery, orthopedic surgery. So my husband and I joke that if we ever need a knee replaced, we know who we can tap in the family since we'll have her. <laughs> yeah, that's um, but um, so have you homeschooled all the time, your kids, all three of them? Yes. Yeah, so we started, I never intended to homeschool, ever, ever, ever. In fact, I changed my major at university in order to not teach mm -hmm. because I just was like, no way am I going to do that. Um, I do not have what it takes. And then as our children, our oldest got ready to start school, our local school that she would go to, I started hearing that you know, some things that weren't so great. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to my husband and I said, you know, what do you think about homeschooling? You know, maybe just for kindergarten. In the area where we lived, it was growing so quickly that schools were, um, children were often being sent to different schools every couple of years. And we just didn't want to deal with that. And so he said, well, you know, okay. And I figured, you know, how badly can I mess up colors and numbers and ABCs? And, um, after one year, we were hooked. We loved it. And we were in a great area for homeschooling. So we started when our youngest was actually four. She was ready to, or our oldest was ready to read at four. So we started when she was four and I had a two-year-old and an infant. Yeah. And we just figured out how, you know, I had lots of support, lots of encouragement, lots of women who, and families who had been there and done it for years and gave me lots of great ideas. And it was so helpful. Um, and then we just plugged right along until our youngest was getting ready to start kindergarten and our oldest was getting ready to start fourth grade. Yeah. And I was burned out because I was trying to teach every subject to every child, every child on their own level. Yeah. And I couldn't, I was just, I just couldn't do it. Um, I was at my, the end of my rope. So we put oh, we'll come kids. to that a little bit later yeah. because that is obviously very interesting. Um, yeah. But, you know, since you homeschooled your kids and you just mentioned that um, when you started homeschooling, you had two really young kids with um, yeah. one baby. So many people may be wondering how a homeschooling parent does it all or teach, do housework. I mean, how do you manage, especially when your kids were younger? Well, it was really interesting. I asked lots of my friends who were homeschooling and had older kids and got lots of advice. Mm -hmm. um, one woman, her husband was, they were very wealthy and she just had an, a, a woman come in and cook all their meals and a woman come in and clean their house. And we were not in a position to do that. So I had to get very disciplined. So, um, you know, I had a schedule. I'm, I'm, and some people are very schedule oriented. That is me. I'm not a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal. And so I had a routine. And so I had, you know, things that we would do every morning, every, you know, we'd get up in the morning, even with little ones and okay, we have a little bit of a, you know, we do a chore where, you know, even when they're four, Sophie could take clothes out of the dryer and fold socks and towels and Owen could empty the trash cans. He thought that was the best. And when mom, when I was having to nurse a baby, you know, we would read a book. Everybody would get together on the sofa and sit around while I, while I nursed and we would read a book together. And mm -hmm. then while, um, 
everybody went down for naps. Sophie and I would have a little bit of reading time together and then she would nap and I would be able to rest. And, yeah. um, and, then, and then when she got to the point she wasn't napping anymore, she kind of grew yeah. out of that, she would have to spend um, reading time on her bed every afternoon while the two younger ones um, napped. Um, we also used a, um, a system called a workbox system mm -hmm. where we had um, drawers with activities. So each kid had their own set of drawers. And for Sophie, she was doing schoolwork. So she had school in each drawer. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but Owen and, um, and Ava, as she got older, had activities, educational activities that they could do on their own that they felt like they were doing school. So they thought that was really cool. And then, but they could only do those activities whilst, while we were doing school. Right. So that really helped them stay mm -hmm. engaged. Um, and then we all did things together. You know, if we had to work in the yard, we all worked together. Even if, you know, I had my little one, you know, in a stroller or I was carrying her or something, we always did things together. And just getting the kids involved in whatever had to be done was mm -hmm. the best. Like cleaning the house, I had my own cleaning crew. It was great when they got older. Um, you know, I, it was, it, it just worked, but I had to be disciplined. Um, okay. And I had to find curricula that worked with our family and that worked with our learning styles and all those kinds of things in order to make everything kind of run like clockwork. Right. Um, so yeah. you mean that um, a very important thing from what I'm getting is that to make school work at home is uh, having a routine a structure yeah. and involving everybody together. Yeah, because if you don't have... Um, if you don't have structure and you don't have a routine, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean every day you have to follow. We did not have like a school bell that started at eight o'clock and everybody had to be okay. sitting at their desk at eight o'clock. It was not like school in that sense. Okay. Um, but we did have, okay, everybody, we're getting up at around 7.30, you have 15 minutes to get dressed, mm. um, you know, straighten your bed, um, come downstairs for breakfast, we're gonna, you know, um, spend 15 minutes doing a chore around the house and then we'll get started on school. But then if something like really caught their, they got really excited about while we were in, doing something in school, then we could drop everything and kind of follow that rabbit trail. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if we read a book about owls, mm -hmm. then we could stop and get on the internet and search for different types of owls and listen to different type of owls and their calls in the woods and see what kind of owls lived in our area. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so it gave us, we wanted to be flexible. We wanted our day to have a general routine, mm -hmm. but, um, but it also allowed it to be, to, uh, it didn't rule us. We ruled right. it. So. Right. That's a great point because I think a lot of people who are not used to homeschooling or just the concept also, they often feel like at home, it's very difficult to manage kids. I mean, I'm with you. I totally understand the importance of routine, but also allowing some flexibility and I, you're really, you taught them to be independent through that, right? And yeah. Right. Well, I, you know, I had friends that when I went off to university had never washed their own clothes. <laughs> Yeah. or one friend who had never put gas in her own car. And um, I know that there are states in the U.S. where that is, you know, you can't do that. But in North Carolina, it was not. But her daddy always filled up her car, and she never knew that how to put gas in the car. And so she had to learn how to do that in college. And mm -hmm. friends had to learn how to wash their clothes or how to, um, you know, all kinds of just general things, how to 
boil an egg and yeah. you know whatever um and i was determined that my children were not going to be those children um that i wanted them to be able to to accomplish things on their own and be proud of the things that they could do yeah. for themselves to take care of themselves as kids and then as adults it wouldn't be that big a deal it's so. very funny that you mentioned it because that was like me when i started university you know i moved out of home moved to another country and i could do nothing you know and my <sighs> classmates they were they used to have so much fun so it's kind of funny that now i have five kids you know and one of the things that I also said to myself when I had my first child I am not gonna let my kids be like how I was so yeah so it's funny that you mentioned that um, <laughs> Andrea a very important point actually our kids I think like generally everywhere nowadays are spending so much time on screens these days so how did you control your kids online activities well, when they were younger, it was really easy mm -hmm. because we just didn't have them. Yeah. I mean, um, we, our kids did not have phones when they were young. Um, we did not have video games. Um, mm -hmm. my, my husband um, was of the opinion that, you know, kids need to be bored because it drives creativity. <laughs> so right. they need to be able to do things to entertain themselves. And I told, you know, one of our catchphrases was when the kids would say, well, I have nothing to do. I'm like, well, if you need something to do, I can give you some work to do. <laughs> or you can come up with something on your own. It is not my job to entertain you as your mother. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have, I have clothes to wash and dinner to cook and, right. you know, other things going on. And you can be responsible for your own entertainment. And if you can't, then um, mama's got some work I can give you to do that'll keep you from being bored. And so um, we didn't have screens until they got older. And um, when we started really feeling the need for, sh for them to have a phone, mm -hmm. um, it was when they got older and they were playing sports. Um, even though we homeschooled, our kids still played high school sports, um, uh, middle school and high school sports. And we were very active in um, a sports conference, a homeschool sports conference in our state. And our kids traveled all over the state playing basketball and volleyball. Mm -hmm. um, but there were times when they couldn't be with me and we needed to be able to get in touch with each other. And that's when we bought phones. Mm -hmm. um, we did have, you know, when the kids were younger, we did have, they did have some computer time and they would have a little bit of screen time every day. Um, but we also had some really serious internet filters right. um, on because there's just so much junk that we didn't want our kids exposed to mm -hmm. um, through the internet. Um, we got burned really badly one time. Um, because our settings weren't right. And one of our kids saw something that was hor horrifying to me as an adult, yeah. um, much less to a little kid that had no reference yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, we had some pretty strong limits on, on uh, computer and mm -hmm. on, um, and then we just, they just didn't have them until they were older. And even then we had filtering stuff on their phones um, just to make sure that, you know, they. They weren't spending hours and hours on their phone. We made them plug their phones up in the hallway, not in their bedrooms, even through high school. Um, just because we've read studies about how they can disrupt sleep and yeah. um, when they're dinging, their phones are dinging all night and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. just kept a really tight rein on it and right. because we just didn't want our family mm -hmm. to be 
we would go out to dinner with friends and their friends kids would stare at their friends the whole mm -hmm. time and not interact with, mm -hmm. with anybody else and we didn't want that for our family yeah. um, we still have rules that the dinner table no phones are allowed everybody's got to put their phone away yeah so because it's you know we are a family and we don't need to be checking all the mess that's on the internet when we have the five of us to communicate so that's right yeah that's great so i mean you would say i mean even if you were your kids were like younger at this stage you would really recommend then um having a tight rein on their internet use right because there's so much yeah well yeah, and I've seen, um, you know, I've seen studies of uh, the damage that is caused to young eyes from so much screen time. Mm. Um, statistics of kids that have to have glasses earlier because of the, just our screen usage has gone through the ceiling. Right. Um, but then also, you know, their minds are developing, their brains are developing in ways that um, will affect them for the rest of their lives. And if they if they're not outside, if they're not doing any physical, if they're sitting in front of the TV screen playing video games or on their phone playing video games or whatever, um, then they're you know you've got to have balance. And I guess that's kind of one of the main themes for us is for homeschooling is having balance. Right. You know, we want to make sure that you're taking care of all the areas of your life. Mm. You know, physically, mentally, spiritually, not just entertainment. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, as you said, I mean, boredom is very good for them, right? <laughs> yeah, we want me to entertain them all the time. But we are in a society that entertains, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, um, my last question for this part of the podcast, and we will continue next time, Andrea, is um, how or do you have any tips on how to build a good structure in our lives at home that benefits everyone? Well, um, first of all, I would suggest that um, parents sit down and discuss the prior, their priorities. You know, you've got to identify what your goals are for your family first. Um, talk about with each other honestly things that really really stress you out or really bother you because like i'll give you an example my friend frances all her married life um they were married gosh 15 18 years maybe she, every year she would make strawberry jam from scratch she would spend days picking strawberries and making panning strawberry jam wow. and then um their when their youngest came along they, all their kids were adopted. They had less than a week's notice that they were getting a new baby. And so she just told her husband, she's like, we're not going to have jam this year. And he's like, well, that doesn't really matter. I don't care whether it's store-bought or homemade anyway. <laughs> and she thought that she was doing this because he really loved it. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and so she was telling me this and I'm like, gosh, I should ask my husband the same question. You know, is there something that really matters to you? that I, you know, he said, you know, I, so I asked Jason and he said, you know, I really would like when I come home, um, dinner be cooking. It doesn't have to be on the table. I said, but dinner underway and the house picked up a little bit when I get home. He said, when I come home and the, the, the house is a mess mm -hmm. and dinner's not even, we don't even know what we're having for dinner yet. He said, that really stresses me out. Um, and I told him, well, what really stresses me out is washing dishes. I hate washing dishes. Mm. So we compromised. So 
I would make sure every evening that I, me and the kids would do a 15 minute, we'd put Stevie Wonder on, we'd blow through the downstairs, picking everything up, putting it away. And I would have dinner at least started yeah. by the time he got home. And then he would wash the dishes every night for me. Okay. Um, so I didn't have to worry about it. And it was a great compromise. But okay. identify those things that are important. Um, and you like I said, you got to identify those three areas, the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, because you want to be balanced in your life. Um, you don't want kids that, that do nothing but play sports and are totally flunking all their classes in school. Mm -hmm. um, you want to be well-rounded. Not that you have to be perfect or your kids have to be perfect and do ex excel at everything, mm -hmm. but you want at least them to do everything. Right. So, you know, exercise, get out of the house, play, enjoy nature. Um, take care of, you know, doing your studies, doing those things that are going to expand your, your, your mind and, and educate you, um, as well as uh, doing things that promote spiritual wellness, whether you have faith or not. You know, for my family, we're Christians, and so that's a big part of our lives. For other people, it can be doing service or helping neighbors or um, reaching out to in other ways, you know, humanitarian aid or whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. But doing things that are outside your family that don't necessarily benefit you, right. but benefit other people. Mm -hmm. um, and then bring that bring that discussion to your kids because kids sometimes have a really good take on things that you might not have thought about. Mm -hmm. um, things that, you know, we want to do, you know, we need to make um, getting outside and doing physical, physical activity more important. Ask your kids, okay, what kind of things do y'all enjoy doing? Do y'all want to do more of? What kind of, um, you know, do we want to plan to do each week that would be fun as a family? Um, and that gives your kids a, se a sense of that their opinions matter, that they really that are valued important. and gets them really a, a sense of ownership in what your family's doing. Um, I was really surprised when we asked my kids about that. They all wanted to help start learning how to cook, which was very surprising because they always kind of helped in the kitchen already, but they yeah. wanted to have one night a week where they helped mom, just them, just one at a time in the kitchen and learn how to do things. Um, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. And then and then just make like a first draft of a routine, like put the big things in that happen every week and then work in the little things around it. Um, those things need to include stuff like chores so your kid can grow up and be independent. Yeah. And they learn that, that being part of a family means also serving the family. So just because you live in my house, mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean you can just sit around and mama is your maid. Yeah. Um, yeah, mom, mom is not your maid, and if you live in my house, then you live in my house, and you get to contribute to the household. Um, chores are a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. We did a whole chore system where we had a week of training, and I taught every kid how to do every chore, and then mm -hmm. we had cards with instructions, so they couldn't say they didn't, they had forgotten, because it was on a card, <laughs> wherever that chore was, yeah. um, and then we had little little signs that said like this bathroom cleaned by Owen so that when it was it looked really good people were like oh Owen you did a great job with the bathroom or Owen your bathroom looks terrible you need to go clean that bathroom or you know if somebody made a mess in the bathroom Owen would come behind and be like hey this is my bathroom week you go clean up the mess you just made in the bathroom I just cleaned um so it was great to help with that um 
And then we had a schedule, you know, again, like I said, we had times where everything would kind of happen. So we, everybody knew when chore time was, everybody knew when it was time to go outside and play. Everybody knew when it was time to sit down, we're going to read together, do some reading aloud. Um, so once they were all reading, it helped. Um, you know, we did, we had different routines when they were younger than we did when they were older. Obviously it has to change over time and kind of morph as your family grows up and as their kids get older. Um, but even when they're young, they can help empty the dishwasher. And like I said, pair up socks and fold towels. And even if they don't do it well, the fact is that they're learning how to do it is the goal, you know, um, and they feel really good about what they're doing. So, Thank you, Andrea, for those great tips on making life at home work. Structure and routines are really important as we've seen, but so is building relationships and investing in them. This is a unique opportunity we have now, with everyone spending so much time at home. Make the most of it. Instead of seeing everyone in the family as a disturbance, we see them as the people who we love the most and can build relationships with. I understand it is different when you are in a difficult relationship or are in any way undergoing domestic abuse. I'd encourage you to please talk to your counsellor and seek help. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do join us next time to learn more about a peaceful and restful home and times of enjoying with your family because the second part of our podcast will talk about having fun and family times together. Thank you for listening.